We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respect to their leaders, past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to Leadership of Fools. I'm your host today, Rick Brown, and I'm joined by Graham Plant. Graham Plant is a leadership coach. He's currently writing the book on leadership coaching. He is neck deep in book writing, and I've interrupted him, uh, really getting in the way of the flow. But thank you for joining us on the podcast, Graham. My pleasure. Good to be here. Uh, so you're here. You're, I mean, it's probably a good year to be writing a book, I imagine. Yeah, you would think so, but I find that this book becomes never-ending. I, I sit down to write and it just keeps getting further and further away. But um, even though I'm at home, plenty of distractions to make sure that I, I don't write as much as I should. Yeah, it's amazing how many things can pop up in your home space just to really tempt you away from the task at hand. Exactly. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to procrastinate uh, because you can feel virtuous if you just do a bit of tidying. That's surely, that's not procrastinating. That's, that's a virtuous task. Yeah, and it's also the, the research, um, Google search um, wormhole where you start going down, I'll look for one thing, then all of a sudden I'm about five search criteria, totally nowhere where I'm meant to be. It is a slippery slope uh, when you're relying on Google to uh, inform your work, but also Google, oh, it is a wormhole. Yes, steals the time. <laughs> I recommend going on Bing. That way you'll always be on the straight and narrow. <laughs> I don't, I've got no idea. And I have no affiliation to being, and I apologize for bringing it up. Um, thank you for joining us on the podcast. We are just going to discuss a little bit uh, about how your 2020 has been, Graham. What have you learnt um, about leadership? You're writing the book on it. What have you learnt specifically from this crazy year of ours? It's been an interesting time, I guess, working with my clients and also writing at the same time and been conducting interviews for the book. Um, I think from a leadership perspective, what I've found is it, it's a lot harder to build community and connection just via a Zoom window. And I, I can see a lot of relationships being challenged and probably a lot of leaders who are trying to, um, how do they build that camaraderie, that's free to call, you know, that real network when they're stuck on the other side of a screen and they can't see what's happening on the other side and they're more distant. So that's probably been the key one, I think, for me. It's been how do you maintain that contact with people? Um, and I can see not everyone is geared to work from home or comfortable with the concept. And uh, that's been an interesting insight as well. Yeah, I guess uh, people have really had to up their, up their work from home game this year. People started a little bit ramshackle the first, I think, first lockdown. It was just do what you can, hope yeah. for the best. But I, I've noticed during second lockdown, people have come back with full, full decked out They've got the microphones. They've got the better lighting situation. Yeah. Everyone's really made a much more of an effort, I feel like. They've committed in second yeah. lockdown. Everyone's worked ahead, put weird backgrounds on the back of Zoom and all that stuff. <laughs> as well. But uh, I had a few of my clients, I guess, who I was coaching, and they were ones who I'd been saying for a long time, how do you create time to work from home? So you get you know, that clear space to think, see family. And they said, no way I can do it. It's just too hard. I have to be in the office. Now they're forced to work from home. I said, this is great working from home. This is awesome. I'm enjoying it so much. I'm thinking, well, that opportunity was always there that, that they just never gave it a shot. This has forced people to actually find out how to work from home. So I think they're learning some new skills. Yeah. But at the same time, we, we, I think people are getting a bit disconnected from people. Even I know 
those relationships used to create just by catching up with people for a coffee, going out for a stroll or whatever, bumping into people, the water mm-hmm. cooler talk. Now you tend to go to hop on meetings and it's just for the meeting. So the dialogue, side chat, learnings just disappear. And I find it uh, like an interesting point that you've raised that some leaders would have been uh, well suited to in-person leading. Uh, Their leadership style is very much uh, thrives when they're in the room with with their team. Uh, But they struggle, I guess, when they're disconnected uh, from that. Uh, but on the flip side, there must be some leaders who weren't as good in person, but have dis- discovered that they thrive much more in a slightly removed environment. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And they've been forced now to connect with people and talk to people where maybe they wouldn't have before because everyone's forced into a space where they can communicate. There's that, that whole philosophy of leadership by walking around. It's kind of impossible. Now we have to do virtually walking around because you've got to make an effort to call people or get them into a, a zoom room. Yeah. Just put all your team in different break rooms and just keep cycling through the break rooms. It's like you're just wandering around. Yeah. Virtual it, it, laps. Feels like it. Every <laughs> now and again, you get on the next zoom call now. Who, which one am I in now? And you have to re- reset. And what have you been doing this year to keep yourself a little bit more sane? Uh, what's been putting a smile on your dial? Well, I think it's, I've been doing a lot more reading, which has been good. I've forced myself to, I did a bit of a digital detox at the start of the year, which seems really weird going into a lockdown period where I'm trying to do less digital, but I kind <laughs> I want of... want to be a little bit more up. Amish. Yeah, and um, reduce my digital time, so force myself to read. And are you Both. fiction or non-fiction? Both. So a nice blend. I'm trying to keep that balance. I was all on non-fiction, but then my son pulled me up and said, you need to keep reading fiction as well. So, but that, that yeah, balance. stop reading facts, mate. Yeah. <laughs> you, need to get that, you need to cheer up and actually get into some fantasy world and escape for a while. But I think um, what's made me, kept me amused or kept me sane is might sound weird, but Trump watching has been kind of one of my most. Ooh, it's kind of um, like torture, like uh, like torture porn. You're just like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep looking. How can this lunatic be in charge of the free world? If, like, if he can be in charge of the free world, then there's hope for everyone wanting to be in charge. It is one of the probably main facets that he provides uh, and one of the main reasons he's thrived is that he is infinitely, infinitely watchable as a kind of grotesque, uh, you know, I mean, all political leanings aside, I'm yeah. speaking in broad terms, uh, don't, don't come at me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he is kind of a, that carnival uh, villain that we can watch from afar. It's a little easier from over here to, to oh, watch yeah. without feeling completely uh, disheartened, I guess. I think if you want to escape from where you're at and what's going on, just watching in a, in a half an hour of CNN beating up on him and then watch Fox praising him and then watch him in the middle trying to make up his own stories. It's kind of fascinating. Oh, so you found a nice balance. Like you get a bit of Trump ping pong. Uh, yeah. if, you, if you just keep the different uh, biases in check, you get a, a nice full flavor. Yeah. Then you tap into Trevor Noah on daily show and get a totally different perspective. Again and think, okay. Yeah. Somewhere amongst all that is the truth. So he's been kind of my, um, my amusement, but I think um, keeping sane's been, um, trying to focus only on the things that I can control because I think everyone gets a bit wound up and Trump's a good example. There's nothing I can do to control it. So I'm just using it as entertainment, but um, there's a, there's a formula Jack Canfield came up with sort of um, um, event uh, plus response equals outcome. So how, whatever event occurs, how you respond determines the outcome. So if you get stressed about things, then it's totally need to actually change it. So I've kind of stopped worrying about being locked down. I can't control it. So, 
take the time to read a book, do something else or whatever. That's been kind of the learning piece about how do you um, just chill out and say, well, don't get stressed about stuff you can't control. Just worry about stuff you can. Well, that is a wonderful piece of advice and probably a good place to wrap it up. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Graham Plant. Uh, I don't want to be a distraction anymore. I'm keeping you from writing that book. I know you're using me to procrastinate, so I'm going to set you free. Feel free to read some fiction, nonfiction, but do write that book. Uh, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks, Rick. Really appreciate it. Thepeoplespot.com is the place to visit when you need to make the people part of your role easier, more genuine, and more suited to you. Thepeoplespot.com is the new home of people content from Colin Beatty and the team at Leadership of Fools. Thepeoplespot.com.